Hi, everybody. It's Tarek, and this is your Foreign Exchanges World News Roundup for Tuesday, April 11th, 2023. Uh, there's a few anniversaries. On April 10th, 1815, Indonesia's Mount Tambora volcano began the largest eruption in human history, at least recorded human history, with an explosion that was heard some 1,200 miles away and knocked roughly a full mile off of the volcano's elevation. The subsequent year, 1816, is known as the Year Without a Summer, so you can imagine uh, how much fun everybody had because of the ensuing volcanic winter. The climatic effects caused worldwide famine and, among other things, may have contributed to the westward push of migration in the United States and to the invention of the bicycle. I won't go into it, but there's a little, uh, there's a link in the written newsletter tonight about how that all plays out. Uh, on April 10th, 1998, the governments of the UK and Ireland, as well as Republican and Unionist forces in Northern Ireland, all signed the Good Friday Agreement, ending the Northern Ireland conflict, aka the Troubles. The agreement recognized Northern Ireland as part of the UK, but also left open the possibility of Irish reunification if majorities in both Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland were ever in favor. It also allowed the people of Northern Ireland to claim British or Irish citizenship, or both if they preferred. The deal's survival relied to a great extent on the soft Irish border, uh, which owed uh, owed to the fact that both Ireland and the UK were in the European Union. Uh, it very much remains to be seen whether it can survive Brexit. Uh, we're still waiting to see that, frankly. Uh, on April 11th in the year 1241, uh, this is the anniversary of the Battle of Mohi, which uh, was a uh, involved a Mongolian invasion uh, of Hungary. The Hungarian army, uh, to make a very long story short, blundered into a whole bunch of mistakes. Uh, they fell for the Mongols' favorite tactic, the feigned retreat. Uh, this is tale as old as time as far as the Mongols are concerned chased the Mongols into a trap and then did something else dumb and set up a fortification uh, so that they couldn't themselves retreat when it turned out that they were in over their heads and the Mongols were uh, started to, to turn around and make them pay for it. Uh, the battle essentially left the Mongols in control of Hungary for a very brief period of time. Uh, the great Khan in the east, uh, Ogadai, died in 1241, and as was customary uh, for the Mongols in these situations, the commanders of this army that had just conquered Hungary had to go back east to deal with the succession issues, the Kurultai, uh, the, the assembly of the tribes, uh, to decide on who would be the next great Khan. And consequently, the Hungarians were able to move back in and reclaim their kingdom while the Mongols were absent. Uh, so it was just a brief conquest, but it was still a, uh, an overwhelming victory in, a, uh, in, a, in that battle. Uh, also on April 11th, 1979, the Tanzania People's Defense Force, along with a group of Ugandan opposition fighters called the Uganda National Liberation Front, seized Kampala and forced Ugandan dictator Idi Amin to flee into exile after over eight years in power. Amin sought sanctuary first in Libya, later in Saudi Arabia, where he lived until his death in 2003. 
his time in power is remembered mostly for his brutality toward ethnic minorities and political opponents. Estimates of the number of people killed on Amin's orders range from around 100,000 at the lower end to upwards of 500,000 uh, in the uh, at the upper end. Uh, on to the news. In the Middle East, in Syria, Islamic State fighters reportedly killed three truffle-hunting civilians in Syria's Homs province on Tuesday. The vulnerability of truffle-hunting expeditions has made them a particularly attractive target for IS remnants in Syria, but the threat doesn't seem to be diminishing the size or frequency of those expeditions. Presumably, that's because truffle gathering is one of a very limited number of options for Syrian civilians whose lives and livelihoods have been brutalized by the economic effects of 12 years of war. Uh, in Israel and Palestine, Israeli soldiers killed two militants with the Palestinian Lion's Den group near the West Bank city of Nablus on Tuesday. They'd reportedly attacked an army outpost. Meanwhile, Israeli authorities announced that they're barring all Muslims, all non-Muslims, excuse me, boy, that was that was not good, all non-Muslims, let's be clear, from visiting uh, the Al-Aqsa compound during the last 10 days of Ramadan. This is something the Israeli government does routinely, but it's unsurprisingly not popular among the extremist settler community and thus has drawn an angry response from cabinet members who come from that community. National Security Minister Inamar Ben-Gvir, for example, accused the government of surrendering to the quote-unquote whims of quote-unquote terrorism in announcing the ban. Elsewhere, uh, there's a new report, or two new reports actually, one from Microsoft and one from the University of Toronto Citizen Lab, uncovering a new international spyware threat that, like the Pegasus exploit, which you may be familiar with, traces back to an Israeli company. Uh, I'll just read you a couple of... Uh, paragraphs from this Washington Post piece. Microsoft discovered traces of the spyware created by the surveillance vendor Quadream to use against older versions of Apple's iOS phone software, while Citizen Lab used the data to track down victims. In separate reports, the teams released the most thorough analysis to date on how the spyware works and which countries operate its servers for receiving the information the spyware captured. Uh, scrolling down here, Citizen Lab said it has now located Quadream servers in Bulgaria, Czech Republic, Hungary, Ghana, Israel, Mexico, Romania, Singapore, United Arab Emirates, and Uzbekistan. Uh, also, Saudi Arabia has been identified as a Quadream customer. Uh, it is noted. It noted that some of these countries, including Mexico and UAE, have widespread human rights issues. I would say there are other countries that have more widespread human rights issues than Mexico, but whatever, uh, and have been accused of deploying spyware on peaceful domestic opposition in the past, you don't say. Uh, so that's, that's fun. Uh, check your phones, everybody. In Egypt, an unnamed Egyptian official spoke to local media on Monday to deny a report emerging from the recent apparent leak of dozens of classified U.S. documents that Cairo is planning to ship some 40,000 rockets to Russia for use in Ukraine. We mentioned that report in uh, yesterday's newsletter. The official referred to the report as, quote, baseless and unfounded, end quote. Egypt has extensive political and commercial ties to Russia. And it has refused, for the most part, to join the Western-led charge to wreck the Russian economy in retaliation for Moscow's invasion of Ukraine. But its military is, to a large degree, dependent on U.S. aid, and supplying arms to Russia at this juncture could risk some or all of that support. Uh, speaking of the UAE, by the way, uh, and speaking of the leak... 
One document in that dump has U.S. agents claiming that they'd intercepted Russian chatter bragging about a new relationship with the UAE, quote, to work together against U.S. and U.K. intelligence agencies, end quote. UAE officials are calling this report, uh, quote, categorically false, end quote, but it seems fairly clear that the UAE has been, at a minimum, serving as a conduit for Russian businesses to dodge sanctions since the, they invaded Ukraine. Uh, that doesn't imply any sort of intelligence relationship, obviously, but it is another case in which an ostensible U.S. ally doesn't seem to be on board with the with-us-or-against-us attitude the Biden administration has adopted with respect to the Ukraine war. It's possible the Russians were overstating whatever relationship they have with the UAE or that the document itself was altered to overstate what the Russians were claiming. There have been several claims that these leaked documents have been manipulated in various ways, and while at least so far... Those assertions can't be verified. They are not beyond the realm of possibility. On to Asia and Azerbaijan. Armenian and Azerbaijani officials are trading accusations regarding an apparently serious skirmish between their security forces nearly near the Lachin Corridor, the roadway that links Nagorno-Karabakh to Armenia, on Tuesday. At least seven combatants in total, three Azerbaijani, four Armenian, were killed in the clash. Yerevan claims that Azerbaijani forces opened fire on a military unit operating in southern Armenia's Syunik province, while the Azerbaijanis are claiming that said unit it fired on Azerbaijani personnel first. Uh, from what I can tell, the situation has calmed down, although the potential for further escalation uh, with this particular conflict is ever-present. In Afghanistan, Afghan security forces reportedly killed eight National Resistance Front rebel fighters on Tuesday in an operation in Parwan province near Kabul. An NRF commander was among those killed in the raid, as the rebel group later acknowledged. In Pakistan, four Pakistani police officers were killed on Tuesday as they carried out a raid on a Pakistani Taliban, or TTP, hideout in the city of Quetta. Uh, one militant commander was also killed in the confrontation. Pakistani security forces killed three TTP militants in another raid on Tuesday, this one in Khyber Pakhtunkhwa province. In Myanmar, the Myanmar military reportedly killed at least 50 people and possibly as many as 100 or more in an airstrike in the Sagang region on Tuesday. Myanmar officials have confirmed the strike but are claiming that at least some of the dead were killed not by their bombs but by rebel explosives somehow. The local People's Defense Force, one of a number of militias that have emerged across Myanmar to oppose the ruling junta, claims the target was a, a ceremony marking the opening of a new PDF office. Uh, elsewhere, over 10,000 people are believed to have crossed the border into Thailand over the weekend to flee fighting between Myanmar security forces and rebel fighters near the town of, I'm going to mangle this, I'm sorry, Shui Koko in Kayin State. The Karen National Liberation Army militia and local PDFs reportedly attacked a border guard outpost last Wednesday, sparking a battle that continues through the weekend. In South Korea, uh, here's one of those claims that I was referring to above. South Korean officials are claiming that a document included in that dump of leaked files has been mostly or entirely fabricated. The document in question, which we mentioned in yesterday's newsletter, uh, alleged that South Korean officials were troubled 
uh, by a request to buy ammunition that the U.S. made late last year due to fears that said ammunition would wind up in Ukraine. It appeared to be the product of U.S. surveillance of those South Korean officials. South Korean President Yoon Suk-yeol's office is insisting that any suggestion that the U.S. is spying on him is, quote, utterly false, and quote, and aimed at quote-unquote, compromising South Korea's national interest. Uh, Whether it actually believes that is another question. Uh, South Korean opposition politicians have seized on this report uh, to criticize Yoon for basically lashing his administration's foreign policy to Washington's. So his office certainly has political reasons to deny any suggestion of U.S. spying, even if it can't actually uh, refute the charge in a factual way. Uh, In Oceania and Australia, the Australian and Chinese governments have apparently cut a deal to end a three-year dispute over barley sales. Back in 2020, Beijing imposed tariff restrictions on the importation of Australian barley, among a number of other sanctions it levied in retaliation for the Australian government's support for an international investigation into COVID's origins. Since winning last year's election, Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has made an effort to improve relations with China in order to get those restrictions lifted. A Chinese ban on Australian coal has already been rescinded, and Australian beef exports to China have also been on the rise. In New Zealand... Uh, A a writer named Jeffrey Miller at The Diplomat sees indications that New Zealand is moving into closer alignment with NATO. There's just a couple of paragraphs here. Last week, New Zealand's foreign minister, Nanaya Mahuta, uh, again, apologies, attended the annual NATO foreign ministers meeting in Brussels alongside her counterparts from Australia, Japan, and South Korea. Mahuta's participation came after New Zealand's then Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern joined last June's NATO Leaders Summit in Madrid. Mahuta was also a guest at the NATO Foreign Ministers meeting in April 2022, albeit only in virtual form. At a more granular granular level, a NATO military delegation visited New Zealand last month for meetings with officials in Wellington. The head of the delegation said NATO was, quote, determined, end quote, to, quote, deepen and strengthen our cooperation with our Indo-Pacific partners, end quote. New Zealand and the other three countries listed above uh, comprise what has been called the Asia-Pacific Four, or AP4, an informal unit that appears to be fundamental to NATO's effort to make itself relevant to the new Cold War. While they're not in line to join NATO, at least not anytime soon, unless NATO becomes something much different, uh, geographically speaking, all four of them seem to be on a path toward becoming basically informal members, which, among other things, likely means that they will be increasing military spending to try to meet NATO's 2% of GDP minimum. Uh, In Africa and the uh, Ivory Coast, Uh, Another oil tanker, this time a Singaporean-registered ship called the Success 9, has reportedly been attacked by pirates in the Gulf of Guinea. Singapore's Maritime and Port Authority says the vessel was boarded some 300 nautical miles off the coast of Ivory Coast uh, on Monday. The status of the crew is unknown, and it's not clear whether the attacker's plan is to ransom them or to seize the ship's cargo or both. Uh, The Gulf of Guinea remains a major piracy hotspot, you may remember uh, last month, attackers seized another tanker in that waterway. Uh, while I was on my spring break, they abandoned uh, the tanker. The tanker was discovered abandoned after the, the attackers had abducted some of its crew. Clearly, uh, one presumes they're, they're going to uh, try to ransom them uh, for cash. 
In Chad, the German government on Tuesday expelled Chad's ambassador, Miriam Ali Musa, in retaliation for the Chadian government's expulsion of Germany's ambassador in N'Djamena last week. Uh, we covered that in Sunday's newsletter. Uh, in Ethiopia, violence is continuing to escalate in the Amhara region over Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed's decision to bring regional special forces under a federal government command structure. Protests broke out in several cities across Amhara on Tuesday and turned violent in at least one, the town of Kombolcha, uh, amid reports that federal security forces attempted to arrest a group of Amhara special forces fighters. There are unconfirmed reports of casualties, including one eyewitness claiming that at least five people were killed, and another report that at least 12 wounded people were taken to a hospital in, the, in a neighboring town. Two people were killed in an explosion in the Amhara regional capital, Bahirdar, on Monday, uh, but there's still no indication as to what caused that blast, let alone whether it was connected to these protests. In Europe, uh, in Ukraine, the great document leak may have repercussions for Ukraine's supposedly planned spring offensive in a couple of ways. Most obviously, there are documents that were part of the leak that apparently reveal details about the offensive, which unsurprisingly uh, is uh, supposed to head east and south to cut off Russia's land bridge to Crimea and potentially maybe uh, threaten Crimea itself. Uh, so that could force planners back to the proverbial drawing board now that the Russians are presumably aware of what they were planning. Uh, but of possibly greater import is a bleak assessment, as the Washington Post put it, of Ukraine's preparations. Uh, here's a couple of paragraphs from that piece. Ukraine's challenges in massing troops, ammunition, and equipment could cause its military to fall well short of Kiev's original goals for an anticipated counteroffensive aimed at retaking Russian-occupied areas this spring, according to U.S. intelligence, intelligence assessments contained in a growing leak of classified documents revealing Washington's misgivings about the state of the war. Labeled top secret, the bleak assessment from early February warns of significant, quote, force generation and sustainment shortfalls, end quote, and the likelihood that such an operation will result in only modest territorial gains. It's a marked departure from the Biden administration's public statements about the vitality of Ukraine's military and is likely to embolden critics who feel the United States and NATO should do more to push for a negotiated settlement to the, con the conflict. None of this is exactly surprising, but it is worth noting that the Ukrainians may be better off doing nothing at all, or at least delaying their offensive, than undertaking an offensive that uh, will fizzle out uh, and have the effects on public opinion in the West uh, that this piece uh, suggests they might. In France... French President Emmanuel Macron, uh, my favorite world leader, his recent, uh, took a recent visit to China that has apparently not gone over terribly well in the U.S. and other parts of Europe. Here's a little bit from Reuters' report on this. French officials were in damage control mode on Tuesday as they tried to contain anger, division, and confusion sparked by President Emmanuel Macron's comments on, European, on Europe's dependence on the United States and its relations with China and Taiwan. Macron's comments came in an interview on a trip to China that was meant to showcase European unity on China policy, with European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen also taking part, but highlighted differences within the European Union. Whoops. Uh, in the interview with French daily Les Echos, Echos uh, and news portal Politico published on Sunday, Macron called for the EU to reduce its dependence on the U.S. and to become a quote-unquote third pole in world affairs alongside Washington and Beijing. 
this is me again. The thing that seems to be causing the most consternation here is a response Macron gave during that interview in which he essentially said that Taiwan's status isn't Europe's problem, and it would be a mistake for European governments to let the U.S. suck them into that particular conflict, which isn't wrong necessarily, and it's not even a position that's uncommon in European politics. It's just not something that most prominent politicians would say openly, especially while not while on a lavish state visit to China. Uh, Macron, of course, is in love with every thought that comes into his head and feels the need to share them, so he doesn't exactly have a good filter when it comes to this sort of thing. Uh, in the Americas, in Ecuador, an apparent gang attack on a port in northern Ecuador's Esmeraldas province left at least nine people dead on Tuesday. Ecuadorian Interior Minister Juan Zapata told reporters that 30 heavily armed gunmen were involved in the attack, the rationale for which is not clear. Authorities placed Esmeralda's province under a state of emergency last month due to escalating criminal violence. Finally, in the United States, Politico, which, if nothing else, has certainly cultivated a wide array of sources within the U.S. government, reports on the Biden administration's chaotic effort to appease, calm down, whatever you want to call it, allies who have been impacted by this recent document leak. Uh, I'll read you a couple of paragraphs here. Senior U.S. officials are racing to placate frustrated and confused allies from Europe to the Middle East to Kiev following the leak of highly classified information about the war in Ukraine and other global issues. After the news of the leak broke last week, senior intelligence, State Department, and Pentagon officials reached out to their counterparts to quell worries about the publishing of the intel, according to four officials, an American, two Europeans, and one Five Eyes member familiar with those conversations. One said that members of the Five Eyes, the intelligence consortium of the United States, Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, and New Zealand, have asked for briefings from Washington but have yet to receive a substantive response. Inquiries have been sent separately to the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, Central Intelligence Agency, and Federal Bureau of Investigation. Meanwhile, officials in London, Brussels, Berlin, Dubai, and Kiev question Washington about how the information ended up online, who was responsible for the leak, and what the U.S. was doing to ensure the information was removed from social media. They also question whether the Biden administration was taking steps to limit the distribution of future intelligence. As of Monday morning, U.S. officials had told the Allies the administration was investigating and that they were still trying to understand the full scope of the leak, the European officials said. Sounds like everything's going great. Uh, on that note, thanks to all of you for reading and or listening to the newsletter. Uh, and thanks to those of you who are foreign exchanges subscribers, especially those of you who are paid foreign exchanges subscribers. And until next time, take care, and I'll talk to you soon. Oh, by the way, try the new notes feature for Substack. Uh, I should have mentioned that earlier probably, but it's open to everybody now. Uh, please uh, give it a try. It's a good place at least to uh, kind of uh, see who else is on Substack, and, and maybe there'll be somebody you're interested in. Or you could tell people, about foreign exchanges on notes, and maybe they'll be interested in that. Who knows? Uh, anything's possible. Uh, but please do check that out. Sorry, I should have mentioned that at the top of the uh, the, the roundup here. But um, regardless, if, if you're still listening, uh, check it out. Uh, and on that note, again, uh, until next time, take care, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.